You're listening to Teach Me the Bible podcast, where we unpack the meaning of books, passages, and themes from Scripture. Join us each week as Dr. David Klingler walks us through God's Word and teaches the Bible. Each episode has a study guide available in the show notes. This is Teach Me the Bible podcast. Hey, everybody, welcome to Teach Me the Bible podcast, where our mission is helping the people of God understand the Word of God. And um, we want to just point you in a, to a few of our resources. Uh, specifically, we have um, an app you can download on all the different app stores. And so go check that out where you can access all of our content and, and podcasts that we put out. Um, also point you over to our website, teachmethebible.com, where we have study guides that go along with uh, where's the show notes that go along with each of our episodes, as well as blog posts and all kinds of different uh, resources over there. And if you haven't checked it out, we have a, a Bible in a Year uh, um, series that we've recorded, and, and you can kind of go and get a big overarching understanding of the story of the Bible that, that helps you to better understand these books that we're going into uh, here. And so today we find ourselves in the book of Philippians. Uh, great letter, uh, one of Paul's letters. And, and so we're going to spend some time doing a bit of an overview today, uh, and then we're going to break it down chapter by chapter in the coming weeks. And so I'm going to tee it up for, for Doc, and he's going to yeah. take us away. Yeah. You know, the, the, all of these books, when we get to Paul's letters, uh, the Gospels, they're also situated in the biblical story. Mm. Uh, and so one of the the discussions that we're always engaged in at the seminary is how much does the background material, how much of that is necessary? Uh, and, and of course, we have to consider what's the author trying to accomplish? What, what's the author saying to the audience? And, and, and when we talk about the book of Philippians or Paul's letter to the Philippians, uh, there are so many verses in this letter that people are familiar with, mm-hmm. maybe have memorized. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Right. Um, uh, he who began a good work and you will perfect it until the day of the Lord Jesus. Uh, for me to live as Christ, to die as gain. I mean, there's so many that are in this letter. And what, I, what I've found is that the more memory verses, the more verses you're familiar with in a letter, in a book, the harder it is to tra- to, to interpret mm. because you have a whole um, you bring a whole background of mm. uh, of meaning significance this mm. is this is important uh, you know uh, you you brought all your meaning into this verse and then then you don't listen to what Paul's saying we do it through application right. uh, and we do it through theology right so the uh, if you're in some systematic theology, and you hold to some perseverance or preservation, or whatever you know the 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 tulip, the the five points of Calvinism. You probably have this verse, uh, uh, progressive sanctification, or something like that. That that being confident in this, that uh, that he who began a good work in you will perfect it until the day of uh, of Christ Jesus. The problem is that has not. First of all. The, that, that's that's not what the verse is doing, mm-hmm. uh, and uh, and so what is Paul saying? Um, you know the the, the well, for example, that verse begins with they, they translate it 
for I am confident of this very thing, uh, New American Standard. It's actually a participle in the Greek, mm-hmm. being confident, uh, you know, being convinced, being persuaded of this. Uh, it's a continuation of verse 5. Uh, where it's talking about their participation in the gospel, the Philippians' participation in the gospel with Paul mm-hmm. from the first day until now, being confident in this very thing. And then verse 7 uh, is, uh, it, the, the first word in verse 7 is, a, is a, you know, just as it is right for me to think this. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, what is it? Because since... Uh, uh, to feel this way about you because I have you in my heart, both in my imprisonment and defense. Y'all were partakers of the, uh, of grace with me. Y- y'all were participating with me in the gospel. And so we have this verse that grammatically you cannot section out from verses five and seven, the verse before it and the verse after it. But we fly in there with our assault rifles, kill all the verses around the verse. I mean, it sounds hard. You know, that's kind of like that extremist language, but, but that's really what we're doing. We're saying, you know, we're, we're assassinating any meaning that Paul might have. This is inflammatory language, isn't it? Um, and saying, Paul, you're not allowed to use your, uh, your verse in the way that I don't think you can use your verse. I, that's one of my proof texts for my theology. Right. And, and because we do that all over the place. Um, we've been in some rough time. We got through it. The Lord helped us through it. Therefore, we can do all things through Christ who strengthens us. And he said, well, that's not what Paul's talking about. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, doesn't, you know, change the reality of what happened or, uh, but, but the question is, what's Paul talking about? So all that to say, whenever we come to, uh, to, um, to a text, when we start to underline verses, um, you know, I'm looking at my Especially uh, English text Especially before we've read the entire yeah, letter. Yeah, yeah, We're already um, doing theology. Yeah, and, and so there's so many verses that are highlighted or underlined mm-hmm. with margin notes mm-hmm. uh, in this this letter uh, <laughs> that uh, that it really makes no sense. I'm looking at mine. I'm saying, well, once you underlined everything, <laughs> then have you underlined anything? What, what was <laughs> the point good. of underlining it yeah. all if you underlined every verse? You know, just just don't underline it and read it. Um, and so what's, what is going on here uh, with, uh, with Paul's letter, <coughs> excuse me, to the Philippians? Uh, what's his concern? Um, if you can't account for all of the letter, and, and, and let's state up front uh, that, uh, that, that we have read this letter and concluded that it's a unity, that, mm-hmm. that it all fits together. Everything he's saying, grammatically even, uh, is tied together, uh, and, um, and and there are, you know, there are parts to the letter that if you can't account for them, you don't have the right interpretation, the right understanding. There's a situation. There is a, uh, uh, you know, kind of a backdrop to what's happened, uh, and we gather uh, what's happened from from kind of reading the whole letter that mm-hmm. that uh, Paul's concerned. He was concerned with the church at uh, Philippi um, that they had been with him in their participation of the gospel. Um, but there was some question about whether they were going to continue on. Mm-hmm. There's a specific incident that really uh, exacerbated the situation. Uh, there is a uh, Epaphrodites, this is over in chapter two. Uh, my brother and fellow work and fellow soldier, who is also y'all's messenger and minister to my need. Paul was in prison 
in the Philippian church sends uh, a messenger, Epaphrodites, with a gift. Uh, and the problem was Epaphrodites becomes sick. Now, um, why does that matter? Well, here's the problem. Uh, the, the, the antagonist, the, 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 the Jews, the theology that says, if you serve God, you will be blessed. Mm-hmm. If you ser- serve God, good things will happen to you. You won't end up in prison. Um, you know, you, you know, you will be warmed and be filled. That's James language. Mm-hmm. Um, you'll be healthy and wealthy and, uh, and it will, and life will go wonderful and you'll be so quote blessed. Now look at Paul. If Paul is serving the Lord so well, why is he suffering everywhere he goes? Why is he imprisoned? In fact, you can just hear the antagonist talking to this flipping church. In fact, didn't y'all just send him a gift (laughs) carried by this this messenger Epaphrodites, and as soon as he shows up at Paul, he gets sick and almost dies? I mean, how much more evidence do you need Mm -hmm. uh, that— That God is cursed. Yeah, he's not on the right side Mm -hmm. of this deal. And so Paul has to explain his ministry of suffering, and uh, both the, the letter both begins with his imprisonment. Right? Uh, they're saying, "Well, look at look at Paul. He's in prison." Paul says, "Yeah, I am." And uh, because I'm in prison, here's what's going on. Uh, and uh, you know, there are people uh, who have are far more bold to, to, in their uh, more confident in their proclamation of the gospel because I'm here in prison. I love how this letter ends. Uh, at the end of the letter, this is all, all the way over there in, uh, in chapter 4. Now, to our God and Father, uh, be glory forever and ever. Amen. Greet every saint in Christ. The brethren who are with me greet you. All the saints greet you, especially those of Caesar's household. <laughs> <laughs> I'm locked up over here in prison and, and Caesar's guards are here uh, and I'm sharing the gospel with them one after another and now they believe the gospel uh, and they all say hello. <laughs> you know? and, and so because of my right. ministry inside uh, of the prison, people outside of the prison are far more confident to proclaim the gospel mm-hmm. uh, and... Um, you know, yes. so tell so, me again how that's a bad yeah, deal. How is this a curse? Yeah, yeah, and oh, by the way, there's Epaphrodites guy who almost died for the gospel. You value people like that. You value him. You value uh, people like Timothy. Value those who have suffered for the gospel. Hmm. And uh, and so this letter uh, is is a very situated letter. In other words, there's a specific situation going on. And Paul is writing to the Philippians to encourage them because he has heard, he's received word back that uh, that they have not wavered in their faith and he wants to uh, encourage them. This is over in chapter two, verse 19. I hope in the Lord Jesus to send Timothy to you sor- uh, shortly uh, so that I may be encouraged when I learn of your condition. For I have no one else of kindred spirit who will genuinely be concerned for your welfare. For they all seek their own interests and not the interests of Christ. But you know his proven worth, that he has served me uh, in the furtherance of the gospel like a child serving his father. Therefore, I hope to send him immediately as soon as I see how things go with me. In other words, I'm going to see how this imprisonment thing plays out. I trust that uh, in the Lord that I myself may also be coming to you shortly. But I thought it necessary to send you Epaphrodites, my brother and fellow worker and fellow soldier, who is also your fellow messenger and minister in my need, because he was longing for you. He was distressed because you had heard that he was sick. For indeed, he was sick, even to the point of death. 
But God had mercy on him, and not only him, but on me, lest I should have sorrow upon sorrow. Not only sorrow that Epaphroditus had fallen sick, but sorrow that it had caused the Philippians to lose faith uh, and maybe be more aligned with this theology. It says mm-hmm. maybe Paul is uh, cursed. Maybe he's he's maybe he is uh, you know being judged by God. Mm-hmm. And so, therefore, I have sent him all the more eagerly in order that when you see him, you may rejoice, and I be, may be less concerned about you. Therefore, receive him in the Lord with all joy, and hold men like him in high regard, because he came close to death for the work of Christ, risking his life to complete what was deficient in y'all's service to me. Uh, and so, this is going to be uh, the, the letter. Paul is in prison. Um He's concerned for the Philippian church. Um, we're going to um, to see in several places. Uh, for example, at the end of Second Second uh, Timothy, <clears throat> the the because of this theology uh, that says if you serve God, you will be blessed in this life. Mm-hmm. And then they look at Paul and they're going, "Yeah, I'm not signing up for that." <laughs> um, and so people were deserting Paul. Uh, and and so Paul's writing to Timothy, where do you stand on this? Because um, all have deserted me, only Luke is with me. Uh, and I'm waiting to see what you say, Timothy. Are you coming? Are you not? So this this uh, this theology that says that if you serve the Lord, you'll be blessed is very pervasive. And it's very uh, persuasive. Mm-hmm. Right? Not only is it widespread, uh, but nobody wants to sign up for suffering. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so when I think of the concept of suffering for Christ, I think of Paul, and I think of two letters in particular, Second Timothy and Philippians. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so all the way through here, uh, mm-hmm. Paul is going to be talking about suffering for Christ. Um, and, and that's part and parcel of the Christian faith. And so do not be persuaded or, or led astray by the fact that believers are mm-hmm. suffering. And so, uh, you know, and so the, the the verses that we're familiar with, um, you know, Paul saying, "Look, I, I'm in prison, and I'm I'm good with that because for me to live means to serve Christ, and to die means to be with Christ, and so it's a better deal mm-hmm. for me personally to be with Christ. <clears throat> it's a better deal for you." <laughs> if I stay here. Mm-hmm. So being convinced of my purpose in the body of Christ, uh, you know, I, I'm going to stay with you, at least for a while. Mm-hmm. Being convinced of this, that I know uh, that I shall remain and continue on with you for y'all's progress and joy in the faith, right? Uh, and so, yeah, that's the to live as Christ to die as gain. Um, <clears throat> what is the... Um, what about the, the, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me? Well, the, the Philippians have sent Paul a gift, and he's thankful for the gift. Um, but he wants to make clear, I, I, don't, I don't need your stuff. I'm amply supplied. I've learned the secret of getting along with, with plenty or getting along with nothing, right? <laughs> and the secret is Christ. It's his faith in Christ, the mm-hmm. hope of resurrection. Mm-hmm. That's going to be chapter three, walking into chapter four. And so he says, you've done well to share with me because not that I need the help, 
but that your participation in the gospel is important. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so it's not the gift to me. It is that the gift was uh, was accredited to your account. In other words, your service in the gospel is important, and mm-hmm. we'll make sure that you don't lose that. So That's good. as for dealing with all kinds of different circumstances, I am amply supplied. I have, uh, you know, I, I have learned how to get along with all. Uh, he says, uh, I have no, I, uh, this is the verse right before our, you know, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. I know how to get along with humble means, and I know how to live in prosperity. Mm-hmm. In any and every circumstance, I have learned the secret of being filled and going hungry, uh, going hungry, of having an abundance and suffering need. Mm-hmm. What is that secret? Uh, because this, it's the secret that causes him to say, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. And that's chapter three. Uh, and so it seems to me we need to discover Paul's secret um, so that we can endure all circumstances yeah. as he is doing. And that's what he's talking yeah. about, this uh, this in, in endurance. I so the irony here is that when we... Typically, at least when we take this verse out of context, for example, you know, you, you'll hear it in sports a lot, you know, the Lord's on my side, therefore I'm going to win. You know, I have, uh, you know, I can do all things. I can win this game. You yeah. know, in the irony of the head is we're using it to support in a way the theology that Paul's arguing against. Oh yeah, absolutely. So, <laughs> and just, you know, just the, the, the problem with the other teams praying the same thing. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> you know? yeah. So only who the Christians wins? get that. Right. I mean, yeah, who, yeah. How does uh, how does that work? I uh, yeah. uh, there's this great story. I'm sure that if you've been listening to the podcast, you've listened to all of them. You probably have heard it before. I tell it all the time in class. But but there was a I was mentoring this student years ago, and and he had on his letter jacket. He was a running back. He was a great running back, mm-hmm. and and went on to play at uh, SMU, and and uh, he's all state kid in high school, and. Uh, but on his letter jacket, he had Philippians four thirteen, and and uh, you know, so I'm mentoring this kid, and and I, I said, hey, what's that Phil four thirteen thing? He says, oh, you don't know? Like you're, you're supposed to know this. You're a Bible this teacher. You're supposed secret. to know this, right? This is the secret recipe. Uh, yeah, the, yeah. This is the yeah. This is the secret ingredient. This is Popeye spinach, man. You don't know? I, I said, no. What he goes? I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. That's a verse. I said, really? I said, like what? He says, what do you mean? I said, well, what can you do through Christ who strengthens you? And he, you could tell that he had never thought about that verse at any, he said, oh, I like that. That sounds good. It's got a nice ring to it. And he gets this look like, wait, I, I, I don't know that I know what that means. And so I said, well, let me ask you something. How much do you bench press? And he, I don't remember what he said, you know, 315, whatever he said. I said, well, how much do you bench press with Christ who strengthens you? And he says, I guess about the same, <laughs> which of good. course raised yeah. the obvious question: right. What does that verse yeah. mean? Yeah. It might not um, mean what you think. It you means. you, you yeah. know, can you can you bench press four hundred with Christ? Would that be all things? <laughs> I mean, uh, and if you can do four hundred, what what about five hundred? I mean, mm-hmm. what what are these all things that you can do mm-hmm. through Christ who strengthens you? Boy, we better get a context to that. Mm-hmm. Um, yes. And of course, this is going to fly in the face of so much of what Paul. Uh, is yeah. going to talk about in his other mm-hmm. letters and books. So mm-hmm. all that to say, th- we're going to walk you down the trail mm-hmm. uh, in the in the next four weeks. We'll chop this up into four weeks. And and remember, as we talk about this in four weeks, this is a single letter. Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, as we go through 
this will make sense. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you'll be like, oh, I, I yeah. see exactly what he's saying. One other passage that we probably need to, <clears throat> to mention is uh, in chapter 2, and this is a big theology passage, and we debate about uh, the implications of, uh, of, of, uh, of Philippians chapter 2. Uh, the the Christ emptying himself and and you know what all does that mean and all that we get in these theological arguments and we forget that why is even why is Paul even saying this right um, that um, that you in, in verse uh, chapter two verse verse three do nothing from selfishness or empty conceit but with humility of mind let each one regard another as more important than himself and don't merely Look out for your own interests, but also the interests of others. Well, in other words, follow the example of Christ. Mm-hmm. That's the point, right? Uh, and so, if Christ didn't look out, if, if Christ would have looked out for his own interests, that wouldn't have gone well. Uh, and so, the rules of the game, and he's going to, uh, to, to, you know, this is kind of the same theology that he's going to use with, with, uh, with Timothy uh, in Second Timothy. Here, here are the rules of the game, and Paul's always talking about. You know, kind of the rules of the game. In uh, in Second Timothy, he talks about the, you know, the the runner, how the runner wins the prize, how the farmer receives the uh, his share of the crop, and uh, and no soldier in, in active duty and all that. Uh, the the rules of the game are suffer now for future reward, endure now for future reward. Uh, who's the example of that? Christ, and because he looked out for others and not simply himself uh, and and you know he lowered himself so also you should yeah. uh, he humbled himself even to the point of death therefore God highly exalted him right and so so then brethren so all right so if you if you take the verses right before do nothing from selfish ambition don't merely look after your own interests but the interests of others so then. So skip 5 through 11 uh, and say, okay, so then, my brethren, just as you have always obeyed, not only in my presence, but much more in my absence, work out your salvation with fear and trembling. We're going to talk about what that means. For it is God who is at work um, in you, both to will and uh, for his good pleasure. Do all things without grumbling or disputing, so that you may prove yourself to be blameless and innocent Children above reproach in the midst of a crooked and perverse generation. Mm-hmm. One last point before we close out our session today. Um, so we've talked about Paul. We've talked about the theology of the bad guys. We've talked about the situation that's going on. Um, what's the identity of the mm-hmm. bad guys? Who? Mm-hmm. What are they? You know, who are they? Uh, well, it's it, the, all the way through. We're going to see that it's it's the Jews. It's uh, it's Israel. Uh, it's unbelieving Israel, and they say. We have it all. Paul has nothing. Um, we have all the credentials. Paul has none of the credentials. Uh, we are Jews. We're God's chosen people. He's blessing us. Look mm-hmm. at Paul in prison. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Paul's going to say, everything that they claim to have that's of value, I had, and I count it as worthless. Mm-hmm. Um. They are a crooked and perverse generation, sons in whom there is no faithfulness, and you appear as lights. So he's writing to Gentiles, 
uh, the church at Philippi to encourage them to not listen to the Jews mm-hmm. who have a health and wealth theology. Don't be discouraged because of my suffering. My suffering has turned out for the furtherance of the gospel. Uh, don't be concerned when someone like Epaphrodites or, or someone else suffers for the cause of Christ. Uh, don't uh, question your faith, but value such men as these. Because uh, as Christ looked out for others, so also you should too, and you'll receive reward for it. So, yeah. so, so we're going to pull all this together in the coming weeks. Philippians is going to make sense to you. Absolutely. Um, the problem is going to be your application verses mm-hmm. and your theology verses, mm-hmm. right? So we're not here to change your application or your theology. We're just here to say, let's understand what Paul was saying in <clears throat> Philippians first. That's right. And then uh, let's reorient ourselves uh, to you know, to what Paul's actually saying. You're not mm-hmm. allowed to change his words mm-hmm. to make them mean what you want. Mm-hmm. That's exactly Let's keep them in, uh, in Paul's context. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, we'll just ask you uh, in these coming weeks, resist that temptation to want to apply these individual verses um, and and get to the end with us because I think you'll see if you if you follow along with us, you'll see that the theology that's here, that the bad guys have and the theology that Paul's using to correct it is very relevant to us today because Absolutely. we experience the same similar problems. We're not the church of Philippi. We're not fighting against the same antagonist, but it's the same the same underlying principles or the theology. same big A antagonist. That's is, right. You know, right. The, the serpent's still running the joint. Right. <laughs> and his theology is prevalent, just as prevalent today That's right. as it was back then. That's good. Okay, well, uh, we're going to pick up next week with chapter one. So uh, come along this journey with us through the book of Philippians. Thanks for listening to Teach Me the Bible podcast. Our desire is to use the power of God's word to change lives. For more information, download our app. Join us next week for another episode of Teach Me the Bible.